0: Lizzie what are we talking about today yes let's do it (laughs) (laughs) no I like that intro let's go hard and do it hello (laughs) and welcome (laughs) no I'm just kidding This is what goes into making a podcast, you guys. This is a ghost podcast. Oh my God, I heard the
1: funniest thing when I was driving home from the chiropractor today that was like, if you ever want to know what it's like to be a ghost, listen to a podcast where they're trying to remember the word for something and you're like screaming into the podcast, like the word is this, the word is this, as the podcast hosts are like, ah, what what is is it? it. It made me laugh so hard. I can picture that perfectly. Right? All right. Hello,
0: and welcome to the Hey You Got This podcast. My name is Lizzie. And my name is Stacia, and we are your friends in all things wellness, weirdness. And today we are excited to bring to you our what's the month we're in? July. July (laughs) Club. Where am I? Who am I? (laughs) I How is it, August? I'm gonna be 32 (laughs) in three months what is going on? Anyways, so we are here to discuss Big Magic, which was our book club read for July. And I'm super excited to discuss this. Honestly, I realized after reading it that I had very little idea what this book was actually about. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you love when that
1: happens? (laughs) I was pleasantly surprised
0: because I honestly thought it was going to be some type of manifestation, like create a life you love type of book. And so when it really was about embracing your creativity and how to live your best creative life going through a lot of the, what are those, what's the word for like um, platitudes? Like all those Mm -hmm. generic advice you get about following your passion and suffer for your art. And she like just totally debunks all of those in a way that I think is really helpful for people that like- It was very helpful. Do want to be creative. So I just, I was very pleasantly surprised by the content of the book. Yeah. It felt especially relevant to my life currently so I was like stoked on it (laughs) I know I felt like we both read this at the right time and I do love her like no
1: bs approach to like just fucking go you know that was really helpful for me because I do think sometimes personal development books can be a little too nice and I'm like just kick me in my ass and tell me what I need to do that's why I'm reading this book I'm going to be honest, Stacia, I pre-ordered this book when it came out a million years ago, and it has been sitting in my office ever since. And this was the (laughs) first time that I read it. So, But I also thought it was like a manifestation book, which I think is why I was so like, oh, I'll read that another time. And I, too, was very
0: pleasantly surprised by the content. That's amazing. And just so you know, I have at least 100 books on my bookshelf that have been unread by me that I'm like, someday that day will come. And I currently also am reading like four books and life It's just, I don't know how to do it.
1: (laughs) I thought you were going to say that you have a hundred books on manifestation. And I was like, oh yeah, I feel that. Like I always am like, oh, I'm going to like, what is this thing? I'm going to learn about it. And then I just get really overwhelmed and don't read them all the way because it's... Too much for my brain to handle at this point in time. It's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, Big Magic is by Liz Gilbert. And you might know her as the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, that movie with Julia Roberts. It's also a book. And that's kind of how she got her start, if you will, like really cementing herself as an author. Eat, Pray, Love is the story of her getting a divorce and then going to three different countries for like an extended period of time on this like soul-seeking journey. So she had one place where she ate, one place where she prayed, and then one place where she fell in love. Hence, you know. And she like basically inspired every middle-aged
0: woman to like go on a soul-searching journey. Oh my God. (laughs) She
1: inspired like every woman ever to like go, every white woman I should add (laughs) as a caveat, every privileged white woman to go on like a soul-seeking journey around the world. I know that... Eat, Pray, Love, like the movie and the story is problematic. I do think I definitely got some good like life inspiration from it when I read it. So there are good parts of it.
0: Yeah, I, l- I really like Elizabeth Gilbert as a writer. I think I've enjoyed the books of hers that I've read. And this one was up there with like, oh, wow, I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, she's a great writer. Have you read um, City of Girls? No. It's a novel. It's it's like set in the 1920s. It's nothing like Big Magic or Eat for Love, um, but it's like about this vaudeville. vaudeville How do you say Va- that word? Vaudeville. Maybe. Vaudeville. Sure, <laughs> guys. I'm sorry if I'm totally fucking this up. Uh, but it's about this like vaudeville troupe. Wow. And wow. The more I say that word, the more I'm like, this is. I'm butchering this. But it's fascinating. And it's just like a crazy story. And she. It's, she clearly did a lot of research on what life was like during that time period and... It's a really, really fun read if you just need like a good... I'm
0: going to go do silly that novel right to now read. because all I do is read self-help personal development books and I can't remember the Same. last time I read a fiction novel that was just for fun. I'm like, wait, I, I can do things like read for fun, not for purpose, damn it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know it is. I feel like sometimes I need to take like a break from all of the personal development books because I it's so fascinating hearing everyone's different like perspective and takes on things. But then... After a certain point, every personal development book kind of starts to sound the same. And also, I think your brain just needs to chill. So highly recommend City of Girls, also by Liz Gilbert.
0: Nice. I can't wait to check that one out. So speaking of big magic, I mean, like, let's just talk about it from the beginning. What were kind of your biggest takeaways overall from the book or the things that you liked the most about it or stood out to you? Yeah,
1: I mean, so as somebody who's self-employed and is often creating content, I get very much stuck sometimes. And it can be scary when you have your own endeavor, which Stacia, you know, you're launching this like huge, amazing program, to put it out into the world and just her advice about like taking time to create every day and create because it brings you joy and don't necessarily worry about like, you know, the results of it, but just create for the sake of creating really hit home to me. And I was like, yeah, that's a really awesome idea. Like, why don't I just sit down and create for the sake of creating versus like always having these goals attached to them? Or like she mentioned that she took time to write every day in her 20s, which I was like, I don't know if I have time to write every day, but I liked that it was like a non-negotiable for her. So that like non-negotiable aspect really... Stuck with me.
0: What about you? I love that. I actually am going to piggyback off of what you said because uh, something that I noticed for myself, like that stood out for me in my own journey. When she talks about how don't create because you want to help somebody else, mm. and then also her discussing perfectionism, I'm like those two aspects. When I think about my journey towards creating and putting something meaningful out into the world, that those two things were the biggest barriers for me to creating something authentic. That I went into coaching because I was like, no, I'm gonna help all these people. I'm gonna save all these people. I'm gonna help them live a better life. And it really made the process of me creating this really restrictive. And then that whole part two about tying that creative endeavor to your livelihood. And how that can stifle you from creating something truly authentic to yourself. And both those things, I felt that pressure of it needing to be perfect before I put it out into the world. It needed to pay my bills and it needed to help everybody. And I think that those three things combined made it an intolerable environment for me to make anything that was as good as what I wanted it to be. And so it feels really good it's a lot of pressure now to be in a place where I can recognize that uh, making Something from a grounded, centered place that feels good for me is going to put more magic out into the world than like doing what I think I have to do to fit all these requirements of making money and helping others. And like, obviously, my program is designed to help others, and that's something I do feel really called to do. But when I focused on that element, I wasn't able to create from such an authentic place. So I really enjoyed her perspective on those things because I was like, oh, I can look back two years ago and see what a shift it was was from my mindset of all the things that she's like, creativity dies in these places and creativity thrives in these places. And I was like, it's so much better to be in more so of the thriving place. Right,
1: yeah, and it is, you know, I've I've totally been there before too, where I'm like, what does everybody else want in terms of content? Like, what will help my readers? What will help my clients the most? And it's a reminder to like, trust your gut. Like, you know what needs to be created, even if it feels kind of like, Scary, And I think that's why we don't do it. And that's like the whole point of the book, right? It's like two things, even though they're scary. But it's a good reminder to like stop worrying about what everyone else is thinking and trying to please everybody and really tune into
0: like your soul and what you need. Mm -hmm. I know. And speaking of your soul, I remember in the book, she had a line and just a one liner and it spoke to me because she was like, your soul has been waiting for you to wake up to your existence for years. And uh, to me, that just was very poignant because I am somebody that I feel like is just waking up to, A, a more creative side of myself that I am embracing, but also, B, waking up to my existence and who I am. So it was uh, really powerful because I was like, wow, yeah, I've spent most of my life asleep in so many different areas of my life. And that now that I have been like, quote unquote, waking up that I'm just seeing so many different areas of my life blossom and bloom and all these beautiful things happening as I do embrace more of a creative side. But I think I was terrified to be creative because With that, you do have to have such a level of trust. Like, I loved science. I loved math. I loved baking because all of these things were precise. If you studied hard enough, you could perfect it. Whereas, like, the arts you can get wrong, even though you can't. Like, that's how I viewed it. I was like, I'm way more likely to be judged for a drawing I do than for a math problem I solve. So like, I'll just do math. Like there's a clear (laughs) formula. Because it's safe. And so like getting to a place like reading this book just really helped solidify the work I've been doing the last like year to embrace a more creative side of me. So that was something that really stood out to me.
1: I love that. No, and I, I really relate to what you said, because I think that when I reflect back on myself but also just I think everybody when they're little not everybody but it's like we'll color for fun or we're doing these things just for the pure enjoyment of doing them and then I feel like I hit you know like high school college you don't necessarily have time to do those things but then when you're an adult it's like I often feel this pressure as a number three enneagram that like I have to be really good at this or it's not worth doing and in the last especially in quarantine but in the last like little chunk of my life I've been like hey If you enjoy, like I really like watercoloring, like if you enjoy watercoloring, just do that. It doesn't matter if it's like amazing or if anybody ever sees it, like you're just doing it for fun. And I think that we often forget that and forget the like creating just for the sake of creating something and enjoying it. And no one needs to see it. It doesn't need to be like framed on your wall and shit. Right. Like I think that that is A really hard thing to remind yourself so this was a good nudge for me of like just create and have fun with it and
0: like just let go of expectations a big thank you to capitalism for the lie they sell us that we must be productive in order to be worthwhile (laughs) just saying thank you (laughs) because
1: that's all I see is it was like oh
0: cool (laughs) you found something that you like but is it producing something that can be sold for money. And it's like, if not, oh, don't worry about that. Like we really don't live in a culture that emphasizes the importance of creating and doing for joy. (laughs) Right. Well,
1: and my, one of my friends always points this out and I, I think it's so perfect for our generation, but it's like millennials in particular, we are, we're all such hustlers. Everybody has a side hustle. But we're, we also have all really bought in and I'm guilty of this too. We've bought into this idea of like, I need to monetize my hobbies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can't just be doing something for hours for the fun of it. Right. Like I need to be doing it and then figure out a way to make money from it, which there's nothing wrong if you're like cross stitching and you love it. And you're like, I have too much of this shit. And people are like, Hey, can I buy that from you? Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but you don't have to do that. And I think that's this book reminded me of that because I often am like, oh, I'm spending all
0: my free time doing this. This is a waste of time and it's not a waste yeah, of time. That's what's so crazy. And I think she even mentions it like she talks a lot about not following your passion And, like, I feel like that almost kind of relates in the sense of that's something that we are commonly told is, like, oh, you're passionate about that. Well, you should make that into your work. And then, like, all of a sudden the passion is gone from it because now it's something that's supposed to sustain you and provide you a living. And it's like, okay, it's okay to have passions that don't make you money.
1: Yeah, I know. I tried to be like a full time yoga teacher for a while. And I was like, this is terrible. And I didn't even like yoga anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. We have to be really mindful of those things. And then again, creating like creating the space for us to have hobbies. Like I feel like that is something that was... I don't know, like a shift in culture happened where hobbies became a pastime. And so So (laughs) I feel like this book inspires me to like remember that it's okay to have hobbies. And it's helping me a lot as I learn to play the piano and I'm in my music theory class uh, because I think a lot of times a the commitment that goes into it to try and get better is significant. I spend an hour, hour and a half every day, and, like, I'm getting places sort of but I am getting nowhere yeah. fast and like it is an extreme test in patience because I'm like wait so I'm not Beethoven like I've been doing this for a month guys I'm pissed like what is the point and so just kind of remembering like she writes every single damn day yeah. has for her whole I'm life her and now. will for her whole life and so it's like oh that's why you have to have when it is something it's something that needs to have curiosity and it needs to have these elements in it to keep you coming back to it because otherwise it won't stick
1: well and to your point it's like I also have done that where I'm like oh I've been doing this for a month and this is only where I'm at and we're so used to instant gratification and like you know you can google stuff you can youtube stuff and figure it out like the basics pretty quickly so it is hard when you have this endeavor that's just like ongoing and it's slow and steady and like you can practice all the time, but that doesn't mean that you're going to wake up tomorrow and be Beethoven. I, as like a side tangent, I really struggled with this for a while. I was coaching in ad, the adult rowing team at the rowing club that I coach at because they needed someone to step in. And it's an adult recreational league. And I really, really struggled at first to know how to coach people who had been rowing for 30, 40 years and weren't really improving but also didn't have a desire to improve. Like they just enjoyed doing it. And I was like, first of all, what people are allowed to do that? And like, it was really hard for my like, you know, former college athlete type three brain to wrap my head around that and just like allow people to enjoy doing something for the sake of doing it. And also Like of course the lesson was once I let go of like putting that on them, it became so much easier for all of us to work together. It was so much more enjoyable. But it was really, a really hard thing for me to like figure out because we're so like to your point driven by like check marks. Okay, I achieved this. What's my next goal? And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, these people just wanna like be out on the water and row and have fun with their friends. And that's fine.
0: I think that that is an important. I appreciate you sharing that because I think that that is an important part of all of this. I think even this morning, as I was doing my morning pages, which I feel like was like the first step in my creative endeavor, which I I love that you're so committed to that. I know. I always see your
1: posts and I'm like, God, she's amazing. Even when we went camping, guys, I was like, Stacia, are you going to do your morning
0: pages? I didn't, but. (laughs) So I was just journaling about how we are driven and controlled by our to-do lists and that like we create our life based around to-do lists and that it can be really restrictive and life isn't something that is just meant to like do. Oh, Stacia. (laughs) Yes, doing is good, but it is not the only aspect of life. Actually, being is very important. Receiving, very important. We make yeah, space you're for human these being, things. a human being, not a
1: human doing. Yeah.
0: And so I feel like that is uh, something too, especially when you tie it up to like a creative endeavor, like finding that fine balance between like, yes, you need to commit to your practice, but also don't have it be something that runs your life and that doesn't leave room for anything else to exist.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: Stacia, you just like blew my mind
1: there. It, It is so hard, though, especially to your point about capitalism to not be like, okay, what's next? What do I need to achieve? What do I need to like check off the box and just be like, oh, I'm just here I can't fix this or I don't need to fix this. I'm
0: just existing. It's crazy. My sister, this is something that she struggles with. Love you, Steph. I know you're not listening, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it because I feel like it was expected They'd be like I know you're listening but no <laughs> she know, supports me that. but she has to listen to me talk every day so she doesn't need to listen yeah, That's, to that's she's like your quarantine <laughs> buddy you guys see each other all the time Steph gets a private edition of the podcast yes, so, so I don't hold it against her but we were talking the other day and she was talking just about how hard it was for her to find joy in most things and again not that my sister isn't like a joyful loving happy person but she was just like no if her it's been in Embedded in her so strongly that she must be producing to be worthwhile she's like the in untamed when glennon's like i don't understand how abby can just sit down in the middle of the day and watch tv like what kind of yeah. madness is this and my sister is the exact same way she's like you you can just like in the middle of the day take a break like are, are you insane? And like uh, we were going for our walk and I was like, well, Steph, like we go on these walks every day. Like that's joyful. And she was like, no, it's because I have to. And I was like, oh, wow. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so Yeah. Amazing. She, that's she tells so it funny. like it is. What? That's not right. Yeah. She that tells was it. it l- she tells it like it is. Wow, yeah. That sounded like I was not, adding an S where it needed to be. Anyway, Words is hard words right is now. Hard. I mean, I couldn't say vaudeville. So. <laughs> and we're still not sure if that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I'm saying it wrong. Part of me thinks it's like vaudeville, but I don't know if that's just me being I feel like weird. it's like, a, I feel like I need to say it with like an old timey, like vaudeville. <laughs> now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, tangent. But yeah. I just think
0: like it is very common. And again, to what you say is a three, like an achiever, my goodness gracious, like, of course you uh, struggle struggle with these ideas of embracing your creativity for the sake of it as opposed to for the sake of producing.
1: Yeah. So here's a question that you had that I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Do you consider yourself
0: to be a creative person? If you would have asked me this two years ago, I would have said, Stop, Never we have the same answer to this question. <laughs> yes. Yes, this is why we do this podcast. You and I are I the same, but oh so different. And I love it. So it would have been, yeah, about two years ago, definitely not. Like I said, I really embraced certainty. I was very oh, uncomfortable yeah. with Uncertainty, And she talks a lot about fear and that being a product of like needing to know the outcome. Whereas like creativity is the indulgence in the unknown. And so for me, I was like, the unknown was far too scary to ever explore. So I really did not have much space in my life for creativity. I love how she says that everybody is a creative person. Like, I think that that was a nice way to look at it. Because if I had read this book two years ago, I think I would have needed a statement like that. And how she speaks of it to be like, oh, yes, actually, I... I guess I am a creative person. I just haven't really like embraced my creativity or let it come to light because that was just way too terrifying. And so I've been really, really enjoying kind of embracing the fact that I do have a creative side and that it is safe to explore that creative side and like knowing the different ways that that has come about. So between like singing lessons and playing the piano and then even creating graphics, like I love graphic design and creating things for- my brand and things like that are really healthy ways for me to like process my creativity and honestly even just creating this podcast I think it was a cool element of how she says like done is better than perfect and not done and I think us going into this podcast we, there were so many unknowns so much uncertainty we had absolutely no idea what to expect for the outcome yet we persevered and we did it anyways and it's become something that is more than we imagine and when it's been something a project that has challenged us it has given us space to grow and it has yeah. reinforced our friendship and all these like wonderful things <coughs> that have happened and I think that if we had waited until the perfect time or waited until we felt like we had all the answers for how to make a podcast we would still be at episode zero <laughs> so yeah
1: well and isn't it so funny because like I think of you as being such a creative person like you designed this whole amazing program that I've gone through like I've gone through different iterations of your program and I remember the first time we started working together I was like this is so incredible that she came up with all of this and like and you know so from my perspective I'm like Stacia is so creative this is like so thoughtfully done but it's always funny to hear like your own perception of yourself right versus how other people see you it's so wild
0: I'm thank you for saying that because it's something I feel like I talk about in therapy all the time I'm always like oh my gosh I'm like David I was such a disaster like I never lived my life I never made a choice for myself I never did anything and he's like Stacia if you like actually look back on your life and the things you did like you have done things you can be a little nicer to yourself and I'm like oh I was such a disaster
1: (laughs) it's hard when you like arrive and start to embody the person you want to be because you're like where the
0: fuck like Like, why the fuck haven't I been here before? So I feel that. Thank you. Thank you. So I appreciate the acknowledgement from an outsider's perspective because I was like, you know what? I guess everything that I have created for this program is from scratch. It's amazing. A lot has gone into it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's really incredible.
0: It's a lot of work and it's a lot of creativity and
1: like a way I feel like that we don't consider. Like I feel like when I used to think of creativity, I would think of like physical art, mm-hmm. right? But there's a lot of creativity in your job and like going into making programs for eight weeks for people. That's a lot of time. Yeah. So.
0: Creating is creativity. So like the, mm. the words are similar. So I think that that is important to remember that if we are creating, we are being creative. Uh, oh. Which speaking of, so do you consider yourself a creative person?
1: So it's so funny. I've been reflecting on this a lot as I was reading the book. And when I was little, like <sighs> up until I graduated to high school, school I I mean I did dance really religiously which is in and of itself an art form and I was really into like I would always like hand make cards for people I liked just making things to make things and then I you know I feel like because I wasn't going to like an art program or something or I wasn't like the best person in art class me being an achiever person I was like well I'm not creative I just might must not be creative and then you know college and like your early twenties happen, and you're just focusing so much on like survival mode. So it's funny. I really didn't consider myself to be a creative person. And I remember one of the first Christmases that Dan and I were dating, his mom got me like a gift certificate to go to a glass blowing place. And she was like, well, you're just so creative. I thought that you would love this. And I was like, I'm not creative. And I remember thinking it was so weird that somebody's perception of me was like that. And then in the last two ish or so (laughs) years Stacia just like you I have started embracing that I do really like to create things and like I I sort of like I have a lot of different ways that I journal but I often art journal so I'll like kind of scrapbook things into my journal and like I just enjoy like yeah like just like making things for the sake of making them like tie-dye and other things and I've had to realize like I really enjoy doing this and also it's okay if I'm not good at it Which is really hard for me, but I can just do things for the sake of doing them. So I'm starting to embrace that I am creative and also trying to set aside time for myself that's just creating, not doing or not trying to like have an end goal, right? Like I even wanted to like do some watercoloring the other day and I was like, okay, I'm gonna make it. So it's this thing that I hang on my wall and it'll match with everything. And I was like, no. Just like play, Mm -hmm. you know, which is hard. So I'm trying to be more creative, but I feel like because I don't have like a traditional, like I'm not like a sculptor or something that then in my head, I'm like, well, I'm not creative. And so I'm trying to work through that. That's my long answer. I
0: love that. And I think that it's so important to realize, and you mentioned it, Briefly, albeit you didn't name it, but the idea that we should embrace the creative process versus the creative mm. outcome. So this Such idea that you should just like where the riches lie are in what it takes for you to create something. So like if you embrace the journey and I mean, it's just, just like, again, a meta light lesson for all things in life because it's Ugh, like so how true, I girl. approach fitness is it's like, it's not about waking up and, And having the quote unquote dream body and looking a certain way. It's the confidence and the self-esteem that is built because you are consistently showing up for yourself. For me, exercise was the first sense of self-esteem I was able to build for myself and it had nothing to do with what I looked like and everything to do with the process that got me to that physical end goal. Right, like taking
1: the time to have that time for yourself every day. I totally get that. But isn't it funny that you don't, we look at stuff like that and we're like that's not creative that's not creativity like it's I think this book was really eye-opening for me in that like, no, there's a lot of different types of creating and creativity that are all really important. And to your point, the process is really important. The result doesn't always matter.
0: Exactly. And I think it's interesting too, because uh, something that I like had to start embracing more lately, and it was difficult because in my last relationship, I think it was very stifling when it came to me daydreaming and imagining what I could create. And I liked how she just kind of talked about like inspiration comes and it goes. And sometimes it's there to stay. And sometimes it goes on to somebody else and that's okay. And I think that that's something I struggled with because I would have these ideas and I would journal about them and I would get excited about them and then they would leave. And then I would be like, oh, I'm a failure because I didn't actually do what I said I wanted to do. Or because I'm not like so passionate about it still. Yeah, Yeah. and and then I would feel bad about it and it would be compounded by somebody that enjoyed making me feel bad about it. Oh, so much fun. (laughs) Anyways, Mm. guys, (laughs) never settle. Uh, And so (laughs) I think that that was like nice to hear her perspective because I was like, it's what I always knew all along, but I was getting very disappointed different messaging from my last relationship. And so I'm like, it's okay to have a creative idea come to you. And you think that it's something you feel called to do. And then it leaves and you don't end up doing it. I'm about to put myself on blast here. And like, I've only shared this idea with my therapist. So like, this is embarrassing. Tell us. (laughs) So like, I was just, it was right after my breakup. I was thinking about ways that I wanted to get comfortable with putting myself out there because I still like part of my trauma is a fear of being seen. And so I was like, okay, Stacia, like in order to get over this, you have to be seen. So like Mm. what better way to be seen than like stand in Times Square and have a sign that's like... uh, I don't even remember what did I want the sign like it was this idea that it was hello my name is and I would talk to people and find out their name and they would just tell me a story about themselves as like I love a that. way to connect with strangers and remind us that we're all part of humanity together and uh, to just gather stories share stories because I think storytelling is so important and I even like went and I got the print screen for like making the shirt oh and God. all this stuff and then like I would I, honestly I became I, I was afraid and And so I was like what are people going to think is it safe is it like especially as a woman like holding up a sign like come talk to me I'm like am I just gonna like be constantly harassed by men and so like I let all these things come and then the idea left and the inspiration for it left me I remember feeling bad about it for a while because I was like oh my gosh I'm a failure I didn't end up following through you never stick with what you say you're going to do and so she just allowed me to have some grace for the ideas that I have that bring me inspiration and understanding a that can leave, but also B, it can come back to you. And so like, maybe this will still happen someday. I have no idea. I mean, like given coronavirus, it's not seeming likely. I was going to say post COVID, (laughs) yes, we'll make it happen. But now you've put it out, like
1: you've said it not just to your therapist and to me but to all of our listeners and we have a lot of people
0: that listen so I think that's really rad Stacia yeah so I think it's just embracing that like you can have ideas you can explore them you can put them on pause some maybe they'll come back to you maybe they won't and I feel Mm -hmm. like she just she even though she had the like no bullshit approach she also had like a really compassionate view of it yeah which I need like (laughs) non-judgment non-attachment
1: yeah so that's so hard I get that too and your point about like sort of the spiral that you go down, I think is really, really relatable. I think we all have that inner self-talk and we're not really like sharing with other people because we think like, I remember my therapist was like, Lizzie, everybody talks to themselves like this. This isn't like, you know, you're not terrible for doing this. This is like the norm. And when I heard that, I was like, Wait, what? That's such a relief. And so, yeah, I think it's a good reminder to your point that like ideas come and go and it's okay if you don't go like full throttle on all of them and... Yeah. I mean, I love what she said about like your pat. Sometimes you'll be really passionate and sometimes you won't. But just to like get in the habit of creating, because I do feel like creating is a muscle. And the more you just like kind of are like, Ugh, this is uncomfortable, but I'm going to sit down and try to figure it out anyway, the
0: better it gets. I agree 100 percent.
1: Do you have any other thoughts? Would you recommend this book to... A friend or to another reader? Like if someone was like, I want to check out Big Magic, would you be like, yeah? Or would you be like, uh, better not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that it's a book that everybody would benefit from reading. I Again, I really thought it was going to be, even for me, to woo woo. And it was really nice that it was rooted in, I feel like, a lot of just concise ideas that felt really real and approachable for me as opposed yeah. to just create and like you will create magic and all this stuff. That's what I thought it was
1: going to be too and I was like eye rolling yeah. before I even opened it. I was like Ugh. And
0: so I really do I I think that this I would be curious like somebody that considers themselves like super creative and artistic yeah. like what their perspective would be because for me I'm still like a little budding baby in the creative process. So for me it was like oh thank you like I felt like it was a million permission slips. And like advice that I can totally take with me for where I'm at in my journey. So I definitely, if creativity is something you're exploring and you want to feel more empowered to be creative, I think Big Magic is a great book for you.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think to your point, like, I don't know if someone who's like super, super in a creative profession or considers themselves creative would necessarily like vibe with it because they probably already give themselves those permission slips. But I do think for people who are like, am I creative? Am I not? Or you just kind of like need a push? It was really good. Here, here. I would recommend 10 out of 10. Recommend. (laughs) 10 out of 10. Stacia, what's your yay for the day? My yay for the
0: day is uh, that within this past week, I feel like I have made, I'm getting there slowly with my piano playing, where it's like starting to make sense to me a little bit, if that makes sense. That's awesome. (laughs) It's like you don't have to think about it so hard. Yeah, Like I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with it. And through that with my music theory class, I'm on week three of that. It just has helped me to feel more comfortable. And I'm actually like practicing the technical aspects of it, which is important for me, understanding how to read music and all these other things. Yeah, it's hard. It is a lot. Last night as I was doing my homework, I might have freaked out for a moment because I was getting real frustrated, but (laughs) I just was really happy sitting at the piano, making beautiful sounds, And again, just creating music like I just find chords that I think sound pretty together. I arrange them in a certain way and then I just play and I play it over and over again and I like lose myself in the music. And for me, music is just really healing. And so to be able to create it for myself is just always like a very peaceful loving process for me. So I'm just very grateful for my keyboard, for the space and the time to explore what piano playing and music making means to me and how I want it to look. And I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I was first chair clarinet in middle school. (laughs) So McMurray middle school. I tuned the band and I was always very encouraged as a child that I had great music ability. And uh, it was something that I ignored and didn't do for the longest time. So embracing that part and bringing it back into my life is like another reminder that it's never too late. Because uh, never here too I late. am, 31 years old, and I'm like, basically learning to play the piano. So... You do. No, you. I think
1: that's so cool. My brother, um, so that you guys know my brother lives with us and he's a really great drummer, and he's part of this jazz program in Seattle for it's called Jazz Night School. It's for adults, and he takes all these classes and they have all these bands that they're in, but he's doing he's also doing a music theory class right now. And I was working out downstairs, which is right by where his drum set is, which is where he practices. And they were going around the other day, like talking about how long all of them had been playing the drums. And most of them, you know, my brother's 25. Most of them are like way older. And it was all these adults who are like, I've been playing the drums for three years. I've been playing the drums for four. And I was like, God, this is so cool that all these people are being vulnerable and like, you know, teaching themselves something new. And my brother was the only person who's like, I grew up playing the drums, you know, but it's just like all these people that really care about music and want to teach themselves how to play. So I just, I think that's so rad.
0: Way to go us adults, just embracing the newness of finding new skills, new passions, new things that we want to spend our time in and that yeah. it's like the book says like it's never too late
1: I do think 2020 has been good for that in some ways because we're all stuck at home and like we've kind of run through all the Netflix shows like there's so much time in the day when you're not really going anywhere and I do think it has inspired people to tap back into their creative sides
0: a bit I know it was funny one of my friends when I sent them the clip of me playing the piano they were like yeah because it was after my other friend sent something of, like a piece of artwork that she had drawn and my one friend was <laughs> <laughs> like so that's I still haven't gotten to that face of quarantine where I've been, like embraced a new creative endeavor <laughs> I thought that was funny it's fine. <laughs> yeah that's it's funny. okay everybody's dealing okay with this differently it's yeah. Good.
1: yeah it's totally fine no judgment but I would love to hear what your yay for the day is <laughs> Okay, my game for the day is not as beautiful oh as my yours. Gosh. But I was just feeling really meh this weekend. I, You know, station and I were talking before we recorded and I feel like everyone's kind of hitting a wall with just this year and I wasn't feeling motivated to do anything. So I sat on the couch this weekend with my dogs and I binged watched Indian Matchmaking on Netflix, which is my new favorite show. It is a reality show and they follow this older woman who's a matchmaker for Indian couples around and like her process and how she does like arranged marriages and like it also sheds a lot of light onto what arranged marriages are um, in our day and age and I always thought it was more just like okay you're marrying this person and it's not like you're more involved and it's just such a part of their culture but it was really fascinating and it's just a really fun show to watch and lighthearted, and you can kind of tune out. So that was my a for the Yay! day. And I also feel like I really learned a lot about Indian culture. So it was a double yeah, win. Yeah, and you gotta snuggle your doggos. And I gotta snuggle my super cute doggos. Like so what dream. more could you want? So, guys, our August 2020 book read, book club read is drumroll, please. Did a little We are going to be reading 10% Happier by Dan Harris. And I just want to give a little bit of backstory on the book because I think it's a really cool, vulnerable story. Dan Harris is a newscaster for ABC News. You might have heard of them. Um, And he was on Good Morning America doing newscasting one day, and he had a panic attack on air on the live news. And they couldn't, you know, like he couldn't run away. He couldn't do anything. So there's this footage of him having a panic attack on air and I just, just got a chills. total meltdown. <laughs> I know that's like everyone's nightmare. Right. But he used that to like, he was like, clearly something's wrong with me that I need to address or not wrong, but like clearly something's happening that I need to address. And so he got really into meditation and mindfulness. And so 10% Happier is like everything he has learned. And it's really mindfulness without like the woo-woo. It's very much like mindfulness and meditation, very practical for everyday life, do it while you can. And I think it's a really great, you know, no matter where you're at in your mindfulness journey, it's a really good perspective. So
0: nice. I'm I'm, yeah. It. yeah, I definitely have heard of it. And I feel like there's a point where I recently was looking at his stuff and just reading about him and that book. And so when you mentioned it as uh, an option, I was like, heck yes, let's do it. I think this is going to be perfect. Yeah,
1: I think it's really interesting, too, because, you know, I know we've been trying to cover more diverse voices, but it is, I think, useful to hear this type of story from a really privileged white male to also hear that like, you know, his own struggles and then his work to like untap all of his privilege and dive into mindfulness. I do think that that's a perspective that is, you know, a lot of people who are in his demographic aren't talking about these types of things. And so I do think it's a really fascinating peek into just our brains and what they do. So
0: we are going to link that in the show notes if you need to get grab your copy. And the only last little announcement I want to say so I feel like most of our audience knows that this podcast was created through our conversations on wellness that were started via our coaching calls when you were going through the total body confidence breakthrough program. And so Mm -hmm. part of what I'm so excited about is that not only is this going to be something that I'm offering to all the amazing women that are excited to sign up for it, but also Miss Lizzie is going to be going through it at the same time yes. as you all. So that's like I'm so excited! I'm so excited to have you back. When the podcast started, then we stopped doing our coaching calls because we were doing the podcast instead. Because we were doing the podcast <laughs> and instead. So I'm like, yeah, Yay, I get Lizzie back, and so I'm yeah. really excited to have her join. And just as a heads up, by the time this episode. Drops, it's going to be four days away from the release and the launch of the program so I'll include all the links that you need and part of what I'm excited to offer with this is that we are all doing the program together like we're all starting at the same time so we'll all be in it together going through the process and it's going to be a really good time so if you've been thinking about joining or you have any questions definitely let me or Lizzie know
1: I am very excited and very proud of you Um, no I've gone through Stacia's program a couple different times in a few different ways and it's just like having other people going through it with you that you can talk to is so helpful and I also... I have gone through the program a couple different times and it's always really challenging and I always learn something new. So no matter what your fitness level is, guys, I think that you will find a lot of value just in the content, but also the community that Stacia is creating. And I'm really excited for us
0: all to do it together. Thank you. Hells yeah. Thank you everybody for listening, for your support of this podcast. It is such a gift to be able to create this and put it out into the world. And we are so grateful for you.
1: Yeah. And thank you guys so much for your reviews please keep sending them our way requests our next episode we're going to be talking about multi-level marketing in the wellness space which was requested by a listener named fiona so thank you fiona for sending that in and yeah keep us posted if there's anything you guys want us to deep dive into and remember hey
0: you got this
1: Hi, you guys. Stacia and I are so excited to share that we now have a Hey, You Got This podcast newsletter that you can sign up for. The link is in our show notes as well as our Instagram bio. And by signing up for our email list, you will be notified Every time a fresh episode drops, you will get extra show notes and details from each episode, along with some other fun and exclusive pieces of content from Stacia and I. Thank you so much for your support, and we can't wait to see you in your inbox.